Parker said, don't let your hearts be troubled, distressed, or agitated. And in verse 27 of John 14, he said, I'm giving you peace, but it's not as the world gives. And then he says, now stop allowing yourselves to be agitated or disturbed. And do not permit yourself to be fearful or intimidated or cowardly and unsettled. So we discussed that when one is agitated, they're easily disturbed. They're sort of in a turmoil. They're being moved out of the realm of the spirit into the realm of carnality. Oftentimes agitation is a result of some emotional disturbance. It is, in fact, something that causes unrest in our lives. When we really trust God and when we put our hands in the, our lives in the hand of the Lord, there will be rest. See, because the word says that they which believe will enter into rest. And then we looked at John 16 and verse 33. Here's what Jesus said. He said, now in the world, you're going to have tribulation, right? Now the word tribulation, as I pointed out Sunday, means to, to be squeezed. It carries with the thought of having great pressure on us to the point of being squeezed. And we talked about what Jesus said to do when the squeeze is on. Well, here's what he said to do. He said, be of good cheer. Cheer up, brighten up, put a smile on your face, spin around, count it all joy. Whatever it takes when the squeeze is on to offer God praise in thanksgiving will help you come to the other side of that test and that squeeze that the enemy is trying to put on you. Amen. Have you ever thought about it? When we worship God and when we praise God in the midst of the enemy's squeeze, we're really putting the squeeze on him. That scrawny, defeated foe. So he said, be a good cheer now, because I have overcome the world. And we discuss because he's overcome the world, we overcome the world. I'm looking tonight at a congregation of world overcomers. We are not just conquerors, we are more than conquers to him that loved us. So I want to pick up with the thought of giving of thanks tonight. I want to pick up with the thought of victory in Jesus Christ. So let's take our text tonight from 1 Corinthians 15, if you would. And let's look at verse 57. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. And then, you know, we're going to go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. These are very familiar verses of scriptures, but let your eyes now rest on the scriptures and be fed by the word of God and let the anointing minister to you tonight. Father, we give you great praise and thanksgiving for your word tonight. Let it fall, Lord God, on open hearts, open ears, and we honor you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now notice with me in verse 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-seven, it says, but thanks be to God. Thanks be to our Father, which has given us victory as a gift. Victory is not something that we have to attain to. Victory is something that God the Father has given all of His children. We sing that song, Victory is Mine, Victory is Mine. And that other song, Victory in Jesus. Well, there is victory in Jesus. And the Bible says that we are to give Him thanks. You know, when someone gives you a free gift, what is the appropriate response? The appropriate response is, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Father. 
that you've given me the victory. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Not through the economy, not through carnality, but through Him. Amen. Now let's go over there to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. And look with me at verse 14. This is a great verse of Scripture. This will feed your heart tonight. Amen? 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God, which always, in different ways, always causes us to triumph in Christ. Notice with me, That God, our Father, causes you and I to have the victory. It causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, I believe that one of the main reasons we can triumph is because He triumphed. In Colossians 1, He says, He spoiled the principalities and powers. And He made a show of them. Talking about the devil... Demons and evil spirits. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. The triumphant one triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. And because of that, he always causes you to triumph. Say that with me. He causes me me at all times, in every situation... In all circumstances, to triumph in Christ. And because that's true, what is the appropriate response? I can't hear you. What's the appropriate response? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You always cause me to triumph. Amen. Settle that down in your spirit. When it doesn't look like you're triumphing, when it looks like you're going to be overcome, thank God in the midst of it, for He always will cause you to triumph. Some way, somehow, you're coming through. Yeah, you're going to go through, but praise God, we're going to make it to the other side because God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will always, with with the temptation, provide a way out. And the way out is victory in Jesus. Amen. Now, I want you to keep that verse up there. I want you to notice something else here. It says, now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. And makes manifest. In other words, because we triumph, there comes a manifestation through us. There is something about those who triumph in life that they manifest something. I believe it's a spirit of victory. I believe it's a manifestation of the spirit of faith. And the scripture says... And he makes manifest the savor or the odor of his knowledge by us in every place. Hallelujah. Now listen to what one translation says. I don't know if it's the Amplified or not. You might want to put it up there. We'll see if it is. But it says, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph. 
as trophies of Christ's victory. Did you know that you're a trophy to him of his victory? Oh, hallelujah. As trophies of Christ's victory, and through us, something is spreading. Through us, something is being made manifest. Through his trophies, who always triumph, there is a manifestation, there is an evident fragrance of the knowledge of God that spreads everywhere. Oh, hallelujah. That's so good, i got to read it again. And through you, through me, through us, spreads and makes evident. It's, it's evident for those who give Him thanks, for those who are trophies of His victory. It is very evident and it's spreading all over the world. And there's a fragrance proceeding out of the blood-bought ones. There is a fragrance of victory. There is a fragrance of faith. There is a fragrance of overcoming through my life and your life. Woo! Glory to God! We could call it O de Victory. It's not a natural smell, but how many of you know that Spiritual things have odors as well. There is an odor about those who walk by faith and not by sight. There is a victorious scent around the blood-bought church of the living God who are walking in victory. I receive that. How about you? Look at your neighbor and say, you got your odor of victory on tonight? Amen. Woo, glory to God. Think about it now. Through your life, just your very presence on the job can make a huge difference in your co-workers. I mean, just your presence in a grocery store, in a shopping mall, can make a huge difference for people around you. Hey, they notice something's different about you. There's a spirit of victory. Now again, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Now, one thing we know for sure, that Satan is not just a loser. Are you listening to me? He's not just a loser. He is the loser. You know, it's one thing to get beat, and it's one thing to lose, and for someone to call you a loser. But when someone says you are the loser, that's something else. He is the loser. All we got to do is read the back of the book, and you are more than a conqueror through Him. Understand this, that if everything went wrong in your life, If everything went wrong in your life, I mean, you died young, broken, sick, you still win. I said you still win. Why is that? Because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Come on now, somebody, get happy about that. Hallelujah. 
You do understand that this is not our permanent home. We're just passing by. We're just sojourners here on this earth. Our citizenship is in another country. Yeah, we're going to walk in health. Yeah, we're going to walk in prosperity. But if none of those things happen, you still a winner, brother. Amen. Now let's go over to Psalm 78. And let's look at verse 40. And so one thing we don't want to do is we, we don't want to be gnarly children. We don't want to be complaining, whining brats. And I think if we're honest, all of us have been that way before. But we're growing. Amen? Amen? We're growing out of carnality into a place of spirituality. Now notice with me in Psalm 78 verse 40 and 41... It says, how often did they provoke him in the wilderness and they grieved him in the desert? Now, who's he talking about? Okay, just for those of you who don't know who he's talking about, he is talking about the children of Israel when he delivered them from Egyptian bondage. And he showed his miracles one after another, starting with the splitting of the Red Sea the raining down of quail and manna from heaven, absolute miracles on the right and on the left. But the Bible says that there was a period of time that they provoked the Lord. Now, is it possible to provoke God? The word provoke carries with it this thought to grieve Him. Or to displease him. They provoked him in the wilderness. And they grieved him in the desert. Oh he still loved them. But he was not pleased with them. Can that happen today? You know nothing's going to separate us from the love of God. But it does give our father greater pleasure. When his children simply receive his gifts of victory. His gifts of triumph. And walk in it. And refuse to complain about how rugged things get. Amen. Now notice in verse 41. It says, yes, they turned back and they tempted God. What did they turn back to? Well, they turned back in the desert looking toward Egypt. And they started talking about, you know... How great things were over there. Well, at least in Egypt we had this. And at least in Egypt we had that. Yeah, but many of them couldn't walk because they were so beat up by the taskmasters. And they were walking around with their backs broken. But what happened is is they allowed a spirit of discontentment to get a hold of them. They allowed a spirit of complaining and whining to draw them away from the God who gave them the victory and will continue to give them the victory. And they tempted God, and here's what happened. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. Is it possible to limit Him? Now, I know for sure He's unlimited, right? But I have discovered that God works in direct proportion to the power that's working in me. 
You know, when we talk about Ephesians 3.20, where it says, thanks be to God, which gives us the uh, thanks be unto God. Amen. Now unto him that's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That sounds unlimited to me. But he said it's in accordance or in direct proportion to the amount of power that's at work in us. So how much presence and how much power and how much faith that we have working in us is more up to us than it is to him. He has made it available. But on a daily basis, it is something that I have to, that we all must tap into. And when we tap into his presence with our faith and with our praise, the limits are off of God in our lives. And he is in a position to do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Amen. So they turned back and they provoked him. Tonight, I want to talk to you just for a few moments about the connection that there is between thanking God and victory. Between thanking him and victory. Now, thanks be to God, which gives us the victory. And I'm talking about thanking him before you get a manifestation. I'm talking about thanking Him when your body is racked with pain. I'm talking about thanking Him when the bills are stacked this high. Not because the bills are stacked this high. Not because my body is racked with pain. But because the Word of God declares there's victory even in the midst of that. Amen? You do know that they had to shout around Jericho's walls before the walls fell. They were not to wait till the walls fell and then shout. God's protocol was, I want you to walk around the wall seven times. And on the seventh time, I want you to shout a great shout. And when you shout, you will fall a wall. They could still be walking tonight if they didn't shout. And that's where a lot of people are. They're waiting for God to do something. God has already done something. Let's respond to what He's done with shouts of praise, shouts of thanksgiving, shouts of victory, and let Him fall every wall that's facing us in our lives. Be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. Now it takes faith to do that. It takes some world overcoming faith to do that. I exhort you tonight. Don't reserve giving of thanks until later. Just help yourself right now. Don't reserve until you see the manifestation to give him praise. You know, really waiting to see is unbelief. But you know, faith says thank you before. There is a spiritual force. There's a spiritual force that connects me to victory. It's the force of faith, but it's also the force of thanksgiving. 
when I give him thanksgiving and offer up to him the sacrifice of praise, I'm immediately connected to victory. Amen. So let's not wait any longer. Let us stir ourselves up on a regular basis and be high thankers and high praisers of God. There was an instructor down at Rama. His name was Doc Horton. And uh, Doc Horton was sort of a short fella, southern guy. Grew up in the hills of Tennessee or down south somewhere. And he had a large family. And, you know, down south, they know how to put on the grits. I mean, they may know how to put on the Ritz in Chicago and New York, but in Tennessee and Oklahoma, they know how to put on the grits. And I'd a whole lot rather have the grits than the Ritz. And so they would, they would cook southern food, and then they would make these homemade biscuits. Homemade biscuits. You know, not, not those canned ones. Now, 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 canned ones will do in a, in a pinch, right? I mean, canned ones are all right. But when you got a mama that knows how to make them homemade, put her in the kitchen, brother. And so, Doc Horton had several brothers, you know. And, and uh, so, the biscuits, when they hit the table, they'd go real fast. And you know, being of small stature, he had to, he had to position himself <laughs> to get those biscuits. Because when those biscuits hit the table, that sour gum and molasses, oh man, they went quick. But they made up a law or a rule or a principle in their home that when the last biscuit was there, I mean one biscuit left, 10, 12 kids... And the law said this, that whoever says, thank you for the biscuit first, gets it. And so Doc would just wait until that last biscuit was there. And he'd speak up, thank you for the biscuit. And nobody could touch that biscuit. That biscuit was Doc's. And Doc took that biscuit and partook of it. Well, I read a verse of scripture in Psalm 23 that the master has prepared a six course meal for us. The message says in the presence of our enemies. Oh, hallelujah. So I'm encouraging you tonight just to lean back, lean back at the table and say, thank you, Lord, for the biscuits. Thank you, Lord, for my healing. Thank you, Lord, for the finances. Thank you, Lord, for the victory. And there isn't any devil, there isn't any brother or sister that can outdo you if you'll just thank him and praise him. The biscuits is yours. The Bible says that the children's bread is healing. Come on to the table and eat. But thank him ahead of time. Pass the healing, please. Take your great big bowl of joy. Say, pass the joy, please. Amen. Come to the Father's table 
and dine. That's all you got to do is just lean back in your covenant. Just try that right now. Just lean back right, like this and say, thank you, Lord. What do you believe in God for tonight? Thank you, Lord, for healing power. Glory to God. Thank Him. Thank Him for a promotion. Thank Him for your job. Glory. Come on, saints. Don't just sit there and look at me. Start thanking Him and praising Him for what you desire. Thank you, Lord, for my babies coming from the north. Thank you, Lord, for my whole family being saved. Thank you, Lord, for divine strength and divine health. Hallelujah. You got to believe it's yours before you feel it. (laughs) And before you see it, you just thank him ahead of time. Now, I'm going to give you three quick illustrations. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Remember Jesus healing the ten lepers? Let's look at verse 14 through 19. Jesus healed these ten lepers. He sent them to go to the priest. And there was only one that turned around and gave thanks. Now the others were healed. Now notice verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were what? Notice this. The doers get cleaned. Okay, verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a church mouse voice. With a, you know, I got a quiet praise in my heart. No, 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 no. He would, listen, if you had leprosy and you got cleansed, you're not going to sit there like this. No, no, no. You're going to get loud about it. You better get loud about it. You better sing the praises of God about it. Well, that's what happened. He returned. He did it with a loud voice. And he glorified God. Now notice verse 16. And he fell down on his face, at his feet, giving him what? What's our text tonight? Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. He fell at his feet and gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan, verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, Now, there were ten of you that were cleansed, but where is the nine? Only one came back, verse 18. Were not there any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? Notice the next verse. And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Read the rest with me. Your what? Your what? Let me ask you this. How did he demonstrate his faith? I'm going to ask that again. How did this gentleman demonstrate his faith? How are we to demonstrate our faith? Again, how are we to demonstrate our faith? Hallelujah. You got it. You're getting it. Amen? So, you know, the other nine were healed. But Jesus told this one that he was whole. We could say it this way. There was nothing missing or broken in this guy's life. So number one, by giving of thanks, you can be made whole tonight. Secondly, let's look over at Matthew 14. 
And let's look at verses 15 uh, through 21. And we're going to look at the example of a Jesus took a boy's two-piece fish dinner. You know? From wherever it was from. What's that fish place around here? Long John Silver's. So, you know, they were out there and they'd been listening to teaching all day. And Jesus said, you know, I can't send them away fasting. Let's pick it up now in Matthew chapter 14, verses 15 through 21. When it was evening, his disciples came and they said, this is a deserted place and the hour is late. Send the multitudes away that they may go into the village and buy themselves food. Just keep tracking with me, please. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. Give them something to eat. Tilt. Verse 17. And they said to him, We have only here five loaves and two fish. Verse 18. And he said, Bring them here to me. Verse 19. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. I said it was a two fish dinner. And he looked down and got very sad because he realized there was only five and there's no way that this could happen. No, he looked up. He looked up. You know, that's a good thing to do. When seemingly in the natural realm there's not enough, look up to the God who's more than enough. And that's what he did. He looked up to heaven. He blessed And the word blessed there, I believe, carries with the thought he gave thanks. He broke it, gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave it to the multitudes. Verse 20. So they all ate. Every one of them. Listen now, guys. Thousands. You've heard this term, little becomes much, when you put it in the hands of the master. But literally... This was the miracle of multiplication that took place. And the seed of it was him looking up and blessing it and giving thanks. And as they passed it, it just kept multiplying in their hands. I want to say to you tonight that we serve a God who's able to do provisional miracles for you. He's able to do provisional miracles for this church. But one thing that we must do corporately and individually is we got to keep our eyes on Him. We can't keep our eyes on Wall Street. We can't keep our eyes on this economy. We can't keep our eyes on what our employer says. we got to keep looking up to Jesus and thanking the Father that He is El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. And some way, somehow, I don't understand how this happened. But the good news is we don't have to understand it. I said, we don't have to understand it. God is able. Amen. So the third illustration in closing tonight is found in John 11. There's a connection now between thanksgiving and victory. Before we go there, let me ask you a question. How many of you seriously could use some multiplication in your life? I'm going to lift both hands. Keep them up right now. Now let me read this verse to you. We're all in agreement we could use some multiplication, right? 
Now notice in Jeremiah 30, 19, keep your hands up. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will glorify them and they shall not be small. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you for increase. Thank you for increase for heart of the bay. Thank you for increase for your people, Lord. Glory to God. I'm about to get happy up in here. Any happy people in the house tonight? Whoa, we're going to do some praising tonight before we go. Glory to God. Now let's look over at John chapter 11. Open your Bibles there if you would. John chapter 11. This is another powerful miracle. You know, God's in the miracle working business. Chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose Lazarus, whose brother was Lazarus, he was the one that was sick. Therefore his sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, who you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God. So if this sickness was not going to produce death, but it was going to produce the glory of God, there needed to be a miracle here. Because in the natural realm, he was already dead. Now pick, leave that thought up. He said, or, or leave that thought in your thinking. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. That the Son of Man might be glorified thereby. So we see God's going to get some glory. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And which he heard therefore that he was sick. He abode still two days in the same place where he was. Let me ask you this. Is faith in a hurry? No. Was Jesus in a hurry? No. When you've got something on the inside, my brothers and sisters, it'll hold. Jesus had something on the inside of him. Okay? So he was there for two days. Verse 7. Then after he saith to his disciples, Let's, Let us go unto Judea again. And his disciples said, Master, the Jews of late sought to stone you, and goest thou thither again. And Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of his world. Verse 10, but if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth because there's no light in him. Verse 11, these things said he, and after that he said, our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may wake him out of what? Then the disciples said, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. They're on the AM, right? Jesus on the FM mode, the father's mode. The faith mode. Verse 13. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death, but they thought that he had spoken of taking rest in sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sake that I was not there to the intent that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. 
Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furloughs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Say amen. Amen. And Jesus said unto her, thy brother shall thy brother shall rise again and then martha said i know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day but jesus said unto her martha i am the resurrection i am your jubilee i am your life I am the one who heals the lame, that causes the deaf to hear, that opens the eyes of the blind, and that raises the dead. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I am the one, hallelujah, that you need. And he said, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And then he asked him, do you believe this? And she saith unto him, Yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. And when she had so said, he went her way. She went her way, and and Mary, her sister, secretly saying, The Master has come, and he's calling for you. And as soon as she heard that, she arose quickly and came unto him. Now Jesus was not yet come into the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. Verse 31. The Jews then, which were with him, with her in the house, and comforted her, when they saw Mary that rose up hastily and went out, followed her, saying, She goeth unto the grave to weep there. Then when Mary was come, where Jesus was, saw him, and fell down at his feet, saying unto him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? And they said unto him, Come and see. And Jesus wept. Then said the Jews, Behold how he loved him. And some of them said, Could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind have caused even this man should not have died? And Jesus, therefore, again groaning in himself, cometh to the grave. One preacher said that he was groaning because he was grieved of all the unbelief. I don't know that that's the case, but it could have been. But he was groaning in his spirit, groaning in the spirit. Who knows? It could have been intercession. Verse 38. Jesus, therefore, again groaning himself, came to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And Jesus said, everyone say those words. Take you away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he has been dead four days. As if that makes any difference to the one who is the resurrection. Amen. By this time he stinketh, he's been dead four days. And Jesus said unto thee, Have I not said unto thee, read that with me, that if you would believe, you would what? Believe. 
If you would believe, you would see what? If you would only believe, if you would have faith, you would see a demonstration of the glory of God. And I will remind you what he said back there in verse 2. He said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God. And he said, if you will simply believe and stay hooked, you're going to see a miracle here. You're going to see a demonstration, a manifestation of the glory of God. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where Lazarus was laid. And I want you to notice this again. Jesus looked up. Jesus lifted up his eyes. He looked toward heaven from whence comes his help. When you find yourself in dire circumstances, in dire need, it is not the time to sit there and moan and groan and complain about all that's around you. It's time to look up unto Jesus, for He is your help. That's where your help comes from. And Jesus modeled this for us. Verse 41. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid... And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, what did he say? Read it with me. Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard. He's thanking him ahead of time. He's thanking him before the manifestation of the glory. He's modeling for you and I in the circumstance of our life to look to God, declare what His Word says, and thank Him ahead of time. Amen. I mean before. Jesus lifted up His eyes and said, Father, I thank You, You've heard me. And I knew that You always hear me. But because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that You have sent me. And when He had thus spoken... He crowd, cried with a loud voice. Everyone say those three words. Let's try that once again. With maybe just a little bit more enthusiasm. On the count of three. One, two, three. Lazarus, come forth. Probably a good thing he said Lazarus. If he hadn't said Lazarus, maybe everyone that was dead would have come forth. I don't know. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was bound about with a napkin. And then Jesus said unto them, Loose him and let him go. And so the principle is easy. The principle is clear. Let's be thankers and praisers of God. And let's let his love and his manifest glory spread through us. And have the people all around us come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Let's all stand and do that for a few moments. Glory to God. It's a good word tonight, guys. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stir yourself up now. Go ahead and pray a little bit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we look unto you.
giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made you and I able to be partakers of His glorious inheritance. Father, we give you thanks for our inheritance of heir, as heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I double-dog dare you to just start praising Him a little bit. Stir yourself up just a little bit tonight. Oh, glory. Glory to God. Mishele Bokora. Mandile Koromanene. Oh, Brefeshele Borondele Beshea. Glory to God. Mighty is my God. Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised. Glory to God. And so, Father, our eyes are on you tonight. We look toward heaven from whence cometh our help. We're asking now to heal everybody in this auditorium. We're asking you, sir, to quicken everybody. Lord, where there's any discomfort or where there's any pain in any body in this place, we're asking you by your spirit, and by your presence to flood their physical beings and cause healing and health to be made manifest right now. We ask this in the name of Jesus and now as a congregation, we praise you that it's happening right now. Oh, we thank you right now for removing backaches. We thank you, Lord, for removing aches and pains in the knees. We thank you, Lord, that you are the glory and you are the lifter up of our heads. We thank you, Lord, for removing migraine headaches. We thank you, Lord God, for removing, for, for causing movement in the shoulder. Movement in the shoulder. If there was something you couldn't do or that was difficult to do in this atmosphere, just start doing it. Just start moving. If you couldn't bend over, just bend over. If it was difficult for you to jump, just start jumping. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Oh, brekiste la mangrist. Alleluia. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let us not limit the Holy One of Israel. God wants us to ask. He wants us to ask. He said, in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, to let your requests be made known unto God. So, Father, we're asking you for jobs. Those that are unemployed, Father. We're asking you, Lord, out of the rich treasury of your glory, out of the abundance of your provision, to cause jobs to come to my brothers, to come to my sisters, Lord God, multiple jobs, multiple choices in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> and the saints of God just started praising Him. Started thanking Him. Glory to God. Makalite. Koramashe. Lamadora. Neshe. Oh, brapasele. Nindela boko.